everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Can you believe weeks after Tom Brady gets his seventh Horcrux, we are finally at draft week, and our first guest on draft week is none other than Adam Rank, NFL Network professionalist, the man himself described as your favorite fantasy analyst, favorite fantasy analyst on Twitter at Adam Rank. Adam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome in. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having me. I uh, listen. I, I move. I move heaven and earth for you guys. I normally listen. This is the little secret. Don't let the other podcasts know. So I usually jam them in on Wednesday. But I wanted it. Oh, am I pulling back the curtain? Are we doing this live or whatever? We're recording it. It's not my usual day, and I got us a full slot of time so I could sit here because I wanted quality time with you guys. Uh, I missed. First of all, I've missed you all. And uh, I, I understand that you guys, you were telling me before I came on that, that the show is blowing up. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, always like you're never a bother. I consider you guys friends. So anytime, uh, please have me on. So I, I'm more, more than happy to be here. Adam, thanks a million for that comment. And uh, yes, of course, if you ever come over here, we'll definitely hook you up as well. And we will see the crack as we say here. Adam, <laughs> you said on a different show for us. Okay. Now you did mention yeah irish ancestry or something yeah like that. i want to say antrim because I, i'm in the north so can, can you maybe tell us just just a little bit about that before we start it is it's northern ireland that's where our that's where the family comes from <laughs> although there is there is uh there's some scottish and there's some irish and the rank name i believe is it is from northern ireland i know our scottish our scottish family is clan mackenzie's and so, uh, unfortunately I haven't been back or I haven't been there. What am I saying? Um, and it's something that I really want to do. So I do have a little bit of tie. It's why, you know, why you, if you look at, if you follow me on, on Instagram, that's why I'm always hitting with Strix on clubs and balls. Cause I know that they're huge in the UK. So I'm bringing it over to America. So that's it. I don't, you know, what's funny is that the, the UK Strix on balls, if I order them online, the numbers are on the other side. They're on top instead of on bottom. It's a, it's a little nuance and it, it impresses nobody, but I tell them regardless. <laughs> Adam, the, the last time you were chatting to myself and Michael, um, and this, this is going to be a wider audience, but you told a great story about how it was that you came to, to work in the industry and you put it down to, to perseverance. And you were yeah. telling us about the day that you were out drinking with your buddy and I think your <laughs> internship had come to an end, but you were like, I'm just going to go in the next day. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share that story uh, again, because it, it is a very good one. No, I love it. And it, and it does bring the, the moral of the story of this will be that drinking makes everything better. And I think everybody in Ireland will, will agree. This is so relatable. Like this is like Americans are so puritanical sometimes. They're like, oh my God, you were in a tavern. Listen, that's what we do as adults. So don't worry about it. Um, but I was, yeah. So I had done an internship with NFL publishing for a number of years. You know, I started throughout, I, I don't even think I was 21 when I first started doing it. And then I just kept doing it. Like, you know, I, I think for the, the hiring manager, his name's Chuck Garrity. He, I, I think he was at some point, it was just easy for easier for him to just bring me back every year, as opposed to, you know, having to look through resumes and interviewing people like nobody wants to do that. Like rank wants to come in and do this. Why not bring him back? So I did it for a number of summers, but as you said, I, uh, I one summer I was sitting there and, you know, typically at the end of it, they would have a little, we would have a little lunch in the conference room. We would get Tito's tacos. I would get some swag. I'd get like a, a watch, maybe a denim NFL shirt with a, with a logo on it, like something cool, you know, a little send off. And it didn't, it didn't happen. 
And as a matter of fact, Chuck had left on vacation. So he was going to be gone for two weeks. And so I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of sucks. And I left Friday just kind of like, oh, like, and people were like, nobody cared. They're just like, whatever, see you later. I'm like, okay, everybody, goodbye. So that Sunday afternoon, I, I was day drinking in a place called Cassidy's in Newport Beach. And if you ever come out to Newport Beach, make sure you hit up Cassidy's. Don't go to class of 47. Don't go to Sharky's. Stag bar is all right, but make sure you go to Cassidy's. It's a fun place. So I was sitting there, had a couple of belts in me. And at some point I got the bright idea of, you know what? I'm just going to show up tomorrow because worst case scenario is I'll get paid for two weeks and I'll be like, oh, I thought I had a couple extra weeks because I was done with school. So I didn't have to go back to class or anything like that. So I did. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be genius. So I show up the next morning and I went early just in case my key card didn't work, you know, because I'm like, maybe they shut it off and I don't want to be embarrassed and I don't want people to see me. Got in, no problem. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm at my desk. And so uh, I wrote it out for two weeks. And the cool thing was, is one of the things, uh, one of my responsibilities as an intern was you were doing a lot of copy editing and, and busy work. It wasn't necessarily fetching coffee or anything like that, but you know, copy editing and people were still giving me stuff to do, but you always wanted to latch onto some project. And there was a guy, Brian Peterson was working with a, with upper deck, the card company and a, a hall of fame player named Ron mix to, the, to make this hall of fame card set. And they needed somebody to look up this information, like do this research and find some quotes. And I'm like, Oh, I'll do that. So at the end of two weeks, when Chuck Garrity returns, he walks by my office. And I don't know why an intern had an office, but I did. It was the size of this, of a closet. I could, like, it was so, like, if I had pencils on the, uh, on the, if I had, if I had two pencils and I put them out like this, I could touch both walls. It was like that, but it was narrow and it was long. It was weird. I think it was a supply closet at some point. And so he goes, Hey, what, what do you do? He's like, what are you doing here? And I tell him, I'm like, oh, Peterson's got me working on this upper deck card set. And he's like, all right. And then he left. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, okay, cool. So I'm still getting paid. I'm working on this amazing project. And then after about three or four months, he comes into my office. And he goes, hey. He goes, uh, yeah, you, you, you can't intern forever. Like, this is ridiculous. And I got so deflated. Like, uh, well, it was a good run, you know. Maybe next. I'll see you next summer, I guess. And he goes, but he had a yellow post-it note. And said, hey, we're just going to hire you. Uh, here's what you're going to make. And here's, you know, you're going to make this an hour or whatever it is. And I'm so bummed because I had that post-it note for the longest time. But I've moved so many times since then. Unfortunately, uh, it eventually, post-it notes wear out. You get, you get them lost. And uh, that was it. I was just there. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. It seems like a scene out of sight. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Seinfeld, but it seems like a plot where you'd watch on a TV show and be like, there's no way that would ever happen. But apparently it does. So I, I, I pulled it off. Adam, I remember a similar scenario for me, except there was no office and they did switch off the key card for Monday morning. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was the most nerve wracking couple of like going in because um, I parked in a spot where you took a ticket. So it, my car didn't work in the parking lot. So I'm like, okay. And I got up the, the elevator. This is like, this was pre 9-11. Maybe. No, this was, yeah, this was pre 9-11. So, um, so you could go up in buildings and stuff like there was, a, there wasn't a lot of security. And so, uh, yeah, I got all the way up. And then that one final swipe, beep, you're like, yes. And you walk in and you feel like a million bucks. I don't know. I have to ask you about the Chicago Bears. I know you're, you're a big fan. They're one of the most important teams 
throughout Ireland and in the UK. So there'll be a lot of Bears fans watching this show and will be keen to hear your thoughts on the off-season, the, the Russell Wilson chase for to get him, the bit, the, the offer that was on the table, Yeah, Andy Dalton. And I, I couldn't get the pressure. You're not too keen on potentially moving up so much in the draft to, to get a quarterback and giving away a lot of picks. Yeah, there's a number of different things going on. And I think that it's it's a little unfair to Andy Dalton. And I'm as guilty of this as anybody. Because when we got mentioned with Russell Wilson, then all of a sudden you get excited and you start, listen, I posted as many, I, I posted more jersey swaps than anybody. I started wondering the the, the, the letter writing campaign to Bronco Nagurski's family to be like, hey, can we unretire number three for Russ? Will he wear 16 like he wore at Wisconsin and North Carolina State? Like, what are we going to do? I got caught up in the moment. It's kind of like if uh, if Katy Perry came out today and said, like, I want to go out with with rank. I would probably have to have a difficult conversation with my wife and be like, you're going to be out like you're going to have to move. I'm so sorry. Uh, the kids can stay. But Katy Perry's moving in. I'm so sorry about this. Um, and then when it finds out like, no, 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 Katy Perry's not not it's not going to happen you know having to go back and walk back those comments and everything like you know i i didn't really actually think katie perry was into me but you know um so it's a little difficult and that's the way it was with russell wilson and i think that andy dalton gives us a pretty good competitive quarterback that will probably lead us to nine or ten wins uh the defense is going to be better because you know, they're going to go back to the Vic Fangio system. Hopefully Eddie Jackson will be able to regain his form that, you know, he flourished under Fangio and hopefully he can do that again. And really, when you look at the team, you've already committed to Andy Dalton. The amount of draft capital it would take to move up for somebody like Trey Lance or Mac Jones, maybe Justin Fields is a little bit different because I think that he would be fantastic. I don't think he gets past the 49ers. With the amount of draft capital you would have to move, like, why don't we wait and see if we can do that Russell Wilson dance again next year with Seattle being a little bit more prepared, um, be in a better spot to trade some picks and do some things like that. Because I do believe that if they traded down and were able to fill in some sp some positions like offensive line, cornerback, and wide receiver, I think is probably the three biggest needs. And then just filling in for depth, and Ryan Pace has kind of showed himself like he's good outside of the first round. Like Ryan Pace, we all have a friend that if we're going out and he's just drinking pints of harp, I don't know. This is me trying to be relatable. Like, listen to me. I didn't say Guinness, which would have been the easy, like that dumb American. I said harp. It's a, it's, it's a big brand, but harp, slightly harp's obscure. Good. Harp's good. It's okay, it's, right? It's, it's now Rockshore over here. I mean, I think, isn't that the alternative? Like Rockshore? Yeah. It's yeah. Actually, you probably should have stuck with the Guinness out of yeah. All right, listen, I don't, I don't want to be too stereotypical, but I'm trying to relate. That's not, that's my thing. I actually drink harp. I go to the, cause the Irish bars always have it on tap and I'm like, ah, that's it. That's fair. I don't I'm not going to go to a place and drink Coors Light or something like that, but whatever. Uh, but we all have a friend that if he's just drinking the pints, he, he's fine. You're like, okay, this is cool. We're, we're going to have a lovely evening. We're going to have a chat. It's gonna be fun. But the second he gets up and goes to the bar and starts ordering, um, I don't know, fireball or anything crazy like that, then, then the night takes a different, different turn. And that's the way Ryan Pace is in the first round. He's the dude on fireball, taking his shirt off, lighting things on fire. 
but him in the second round on is just, Hey, casually having some pints in the pub and having a good time. So I would prefer you already got your quarterback. It, the, this draft is deep at tackle. It's deep at wide receiver. Why not move back a little bit? If you do land somebody like Greg Newsom at cornerback, like that would be pretty cool as well. So I think it's probably better off that they just wait, do your thing. Let's ride with Andy Dalton. He's a credible NFL quarterback. Let's see what happens. I think it's interesting you went with the Katy Perry comparison. I think it was Rich Eisen that he compared it to promising the son of Ferrari and bringing him home to me. Yeah, I went Katy Perry. I like mine better. I was trying to think too. I didn't want to get too too into the weeds with American stars, but I think Katy Perry is sort of like people know who that is. And actually, like I think she's she's a she's an attractive lady. If you know, I, that's my hot take. You could be like ranks hot take, Katy Perry, sort of attractive. Brian, uh, sorry, Adam, we're already learning so much. Uh, Ryan Pace in the first round equals Brian. Brian Pace in the second round <laughs> equals column is what yes! I would say. You know, I was so, wondering, I knew when I said it, you guys were thinking like, there's somebody here. Yeah. This is relating. This is yes. 100%. 100%. I, I always get the blame for some reason. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and I also want to, I also want to intern in America because interns in America apparently get car parking spaces and offices and also. No, I don't. No, I don't. That's the thing is I didn't get the car parking spot. I had to go take the ticket. I always oh, had to get a Every time I left, I always had to get a validation. Like I always had to get a validation sticker, but the guy who was working the booth, him and I like became friends. Like you would see him every day and his name was Jose. And I would see him every day. And there would be days where I'd be like, dude, Jose, I forgot to get a, I forgot to get a thing. He's like, oh no. He's like, don't worry, Adam, I got you. And then he would pull one out for me and, and we would go about our way. So I knew I knew it at it, it, it worst, I was going to be able to get out of the, out of that parking. Type. But yeah, no, I was a visitor parking for three years, a little insulting, but I did have a closet for an office. So I couldn't complain too much. Fair enough. I also, I, I can't remember who we were talking about with this before, but if you take the stat of which teams have three plus pole pro bowlers and a Super Bowl MVP at quarterback on their roster, you basically have the Bucks, the Packers and the Bears. Because between Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, you've got the two of those things covered. So, oh my hey, gosh, we do have us. We do have a, a Super Bowl. We have a Super Bowl MVP at quarterback, so, which at, you haven't had since Jim McMahon. So, well, Jim McMahon didn't make MVP, did he? Actually, no, so, no, no. That was Richard Dent. Yeah, of course it was. So, look, there you go. Unique experience for the Bears this season. I love I mean. that. Yeah, I'm gonna hold on to that. I honestly don't. I mean, if Nick Foles is cool with it being the backup, I'm like, it's nice having a quality backup and uh, let's, let's go. They'll probably end up taking a quarterback. I know that um, the CBS, one of the CBS guys had uh, miles, miles date, no miles Davis, Davis, Davis mills, excuse me, the quarterback out of Stanford. They, they had somebody mocked him in the first round. Like, bro, that's like, it's the bears and you're having a laugh. Like that's not happening, but he's a good late round kind of guy, but I've been off on Stanford quarterbacks before. Cause I think Kevin Hogan was another guy uh, that I was really into, but you know, we'll see what happens. I think they will draft somebody in the second or third round, probably the third round, because I think they're still going to try unless they get additional picks by moving down. I still believe that they want to go out and address some other positions. And I think that they really do believe that they have the quarterback position, at least for this season settled. Yeah. 
And Stanford quarterbacks, you've always got that bomb Andrew Luck who brings them down yeah. in their reputation. Um, and a completely different topic here. I mean, we know, we all know as NFL fans that Tom Brady is the king of missed high fives. Yeah. But actually, with the new rules that were just passed, I saw a tweet from you that I thought was great because apparently you want a different type of number five. You want a retrospective Reggie Bush number five. Yeah. Player. And I'm just I, wondering, like, do you think this is going to be a big thing? Like, the players getting to carry on their college numbers and skill positions in particular? I feel like I was surprised, actually, by the number of people who find it immature that a running back would want to wear number five in the NFL. And I was kind of like, oh, like, that was weird. I thought, because usually when the NFL has rules like that, we always get lampooned for it. Like everybody makes fun of us. Like, Oh, it's the no fun league. This wide receiver can't wear number eight. Like this is dumb. So I thought like, Oh, that's the way a lot of people were going to be. Okay. This is going to be cool. And then people are like, no, we, we kind of like it the way that we, one of my friends was like, we, I like the professionalism of it. And I'm like, Oh my God, like grow up. Like you're fine. I only say that because I love, Reggie Bush, number five. And I think that it was like such a misstep by the NFL, because for anybody who might not be familiar, when Reggie Bush, who wore number five famously at the University of Southern California, when he was drafted into the NFL, he went to the New Orleans Saints. Of course, the city of New Orleans was recovering from Hurricane Katrina. That was when Drew Brees arrived. And Reggie Bush made the offer of, hey, if you'll bend the rule, I won't take any money. For my jersey sales, I will just have that donated straight to charities in New Orleans for Katrina relief. And the NFL still said no, and which is what the NFL does. And and so I was I just thought that was always such a huge miss. Like I don't think I don't think the NFL would have stopped. I don't think that ratings would have dropped if Reggie Bush. I don't think it would have led to any sort of you know other players demanding it. And if it did just be like, no, we're not, we're allowing a one-time circumstance. I think it was extenuating, but now I think, uh, I don't think that we're going to see people like Christian McCaffrey switch back to number five. Cause the number five in college football has had some legendary guys like Ladanian Tomlinson was number five at TCU. Reggie Bush was number five. And I think it was because of Ladanian and then McCaffrey wore number five, which I think was because of Reggie Bush. And so like, it's a cool number. So I want to see some of these guys when they make it to the NFL, continue it on there. I think I saw that Leonard Fournette wants to wear number seven. Like he had already made up his mind, like, yep, number seven's coming home. So uh, I would love to see it. Cause I just think it looks cool. I don't know if you guys do this, if you play Madden or the EA sports NCAA football, but I would always create a running back, whatever team I took over, I would always create a running back with the name Jesse Bell which was my grandmother's name. And that player always wore number seven as a running back. Cause Toby Gearhart wore number seven as well. Uh, I just think seven's a cool number. It's my favorite number, but I'm like, yeah, if I was a running back of like who was good and played college football, I would wear number seven just cause you're like, Oh, it's the touchdown number. Although six would also work, but seven's cool. Cause I, I just assume we're getting the extra point. Lucky number seven, big number in soccer as well. All the Manchester United players were seven thinking they're it's Apparently it's jinx now, but that's a different conversation for a different podcast when we talk about the Super League. But Adam, you is the Super it. League done? Is that it's over? It's, it's done, but you know what? Somebody can so embarrassing. 
we will we, we will get to that topic about college football in the NFL and the potential Super League if it happened. But um, you tweeted six days after St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if you were still drinking, Adam, uh, about Mac Jones going to Chicago. Do you, would you like to see that happen? I mean, w- w- there's there's a lot of opinions of Mac Jones. You hear the positive ones, you hear the negative ones, you hear the neutral ones. Going into this draft on Thursday, because this is going out on Sunday, what's your thoughts on the uh, quarterback from actions? Well, sorry, by the way, that I spoiled that we pre-recorded this. So that's that's my bad. No, but are you going to have to cut that off? No, uh, no, listen. no. All good. Like, oh, my God, this isn't live? You guys, I'm unsubscribed. No, I, I like Mac Jones. If the Bears are sitting there at 20, and Mac Jones falls to them. I think that that's, I would take a chance on him. I really do believe that that's a, a reasonable scenario. I think that people, the, the smoke screen of the 49ers picking Mac Jones, it just, where did that come from? Like, where is this? Who's doing it? Because, you know, I, I know this is one of the things that I miss about not being able to be in the building a lot is that I was always pre I would always overhear conversations. I probably wasn't supposed to. Um, so I remember the year that Mitch Trubisky was being drafted by the bears and I didn't believe it. And he was mock draft everywhere. And I was like, I would always, I would always click out of a mock draft. Anytime I saw Mitch Trubisky to the bears, I'm like, Nope. Cause I even, not only did I want Deshaun Watson as the quarterback, and I don't mean to point at you. Um, not only did I want Deshaun Watson as the, as the quarterback, I said in a video that night that we would have been better off taking Christian McCaffrey. Like that would have made more sense. And then I remember people in the comments being like, Christian McCaffrey sucks. I want to go back and find those. Cause I know they're on my YouTube page. Um, I should go back and look them up and be like, Hey guys, do we ever want to re revisit this conversation? But in any event, I'm not convinced that Mac Jones is the 49ers quarterback. Now, if he is now, this is what I will tell 49er fans. Do not be upset if you draft Mac Jones. The only reason being is that Kyle Shanahan is picking the quarterback. And as much as I like to believe I know about the NFL, if Kyle Shanahan signs off on Mac Jones, I will tip my cap to him and say, okay, you, uh, you obviously know more than me. Enjoy Mac Jones. I hope he plays well and I will draft him in one of my fantasy leagues one of these years. So it's it really one of those things. I kind of, but I do kind of like him. I, I like him. I like Justin Fields more, but I do like Mac Jones. And I think that because of the stigma of Alabama quarterbacks, which is the dumbest thing, like I always hate that, like Alabama quarterbacks, right? And you're like, imagine, imagine the draft where Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, you're choosing between those two quarterbacks. Imagine the Colts looking at those two quarterbacks and saying, look, Washington State has produced Mark Rippon, Super Bowl MVP, Drew Bledsoe, Pro Bowl quarterback. Tennessee has not had a good quarterback. Let's go with Ryan Leaf. Like, you would be a lunatic. And I'm not comparing Mac Jones to Peyton Manning, but the, the, the point is, is that all these guys are their own man. And so I think that we saw enough out of Mac Jones that I think that he can be a credible NFL quarterback. I really do believe that he's going to end up falling. And if the Bears are sitting there at 20, and he's available. I would probably take a chance on it. I don't know. I, I know that we have other needs. We talked about it a moment ago, but I think he's good. I think he's a good quarterback. And I know that I've talked to a lot of guys, a lot of bears tape grinders who, uh, who really love Mac Jones, our friend, Barry Lissimo, 
uh, draft doctor, Phil, a lot of these guys, I go on their shows and we talk about Mac Jones and we break it down and like his tape is, is pretty good. So we'll see. I don't think, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but I don't think he's going third overall, but if he lands at 20, I wouldn't want to trade up for him either. I'm not trading up the floor to get Mac Jones, but if he's there at 20, yeah, why not give the kid a shot? Adam, you're um, pretty good at the uh, Twitter machine, and uh, I want to take you back to something that you tweeted in uh, February of last year. Jesus. Uh, yeah, uh, all the way back to then. Um, you said uh, Ryan, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill was the comeback player of the year, not Jimmy G, which means that Adam Gase is worse than an ACL tear. Yeah, <laughs> you were which you were spot on. So I'm wondering, right, with the with the Jets now free of Gase, <laughs> and with Sam Darnold free of both Gase and the Jets, what do you think? Uh, you know, the 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 season, what's in store for the Jets and for Sam Darnold and the Panthers? Well, this was one of the things that I wrote about in my mock draft with the twist. I even did a YouTube video on that as well. And I talk, I didn't talk about this as much in the video because the trade had already happened. But when I filed my piece, Sam Darnold was still a member of the Jets. And my recommendation for them was to move on from Sam Darnold because I believe that he has a lot of ability and he has a lot of talent, but you wasted three years of his rookie contract with Adam Gase. And so the way that, you know, the way the business of football works is that you want Robert Sala to come in with Mike LaFleur, give them an opportunity to work with their own, let them pick their own quarterback. You're obviously not getting Trevor Lawrence. Pick the quarterback that you want to roll with for the next three years, and let's see what you can do. And I think that that's the only fair thing to do. And it's actually more fair for Sam Darnold, too, to let him go into another situation where he can go out and prove himself and prove that Adam Gase was kind of a problem and has proven to be a problem uh, for, for a long time. I mean, Adam Gase gets so much credit. What was a Adam Gase's calling card heading up? Like why he got two jobs was because like, well, he did such fantastic work with Peyton Manning and Jay Cutler had the best season of his career. And you're like, okay, so let me, let me see if I'm, if I'm getting this correct. So Adam Gase is getting credit for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, having a good year and also Peyton Manning having a good year. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's crazy. Like, that's what you get. That gets you two jobs in the NFL. So it's, it's insane to me. So I do, and, and I could not be happier for Sam Darnold because I've, I've followed his career since he was at San Clemente High School in, in, uh, here in Southern California. I know that means a lot to you guys. You're like, oh, San Clemente, the Tritons, of course. We follow them. Uh, we're... <laughs> But I, I remember him in high school because he, he played pretty close to me. Obviously, he went to USC. He, uh, he's, such a, he's such a nice kid. I, I remember I walked up to him one time at, a, uh, at a, a Gatorade event, and we had 10 minutes to talk. So he sits down, and we introduce each other. And the, the very first thing, I look at him, and I go, hey, I go, do you hate Tesoro High School? And his eyes lit up, and he's like, I do. He's like, I hate that school. And we just talked like we just talked about high school rivalries for a couple of minutes and just had the best time. And he's just such a delightful person that you couldn't help. Like, I'm like, I was so happy too. Cause like, whenever you, whenever, whenever you're sort of rooting for somebody and you meet them, you're like, Oh, I hope they're not a creep. Cause unfortunately one of my favorite actors, uh, I won't say who it is, but I found out recently, not a good person. 
And I'm like, oh, and it, it broke my heart. So when somebody goes the other way, and you're like, oh, I like this kid. And then you turn out that he's a delight. You're like, oh, this is even better. So I'm rooting for him. And, and above rooting for him, I think going to Carolina is easily the best possible spot for him. He's going to go there. He's going to work with Joe Brady. I think Matt Rule has shown last year that he's a pretty good coach. I thought that was such a great hire for them. And Joe Brady has been fantastic. There's a guy who's likely going to get an NFL head coaching gig next season. So I think this is perfect. And this is, and this is, you know, this is it for Sam. And I think that anybody would admit it. Like this is, you should, I always feel with these quarterbacks, you should give them one other opportunity. You get one more chance to prove that you can play in this league. Like when it's, when you have a bad situation, like Ryan Tannehill went through, all right, go on one more spot, see what can happen. Marcus Mariota's kind of going through that right now. He looked very good in the one game that he played against the Chargers last year, and I hope that he can rebound and, and be an NFL starter at some point. I kind of was hoping it was going to be with the Bears, but it's cool. I hope he gets to be a, a starting quarterback at some point, and I hope it works out for Sam, too. It's when these quarterbacks get on their, like, fourth spot. It's like, stop. Like, it, it, it can't always be coaching. Like, you got you to gotta give them the one Adam Gase mulligan. If he goes out and does not perform well with Joe Brady and Matt rule, I will be the first one to be like, Hey, it's, it's okay. Being a backup quarterback in the NFL is not the worst job in the world. They might actually be the best job in the world. So, cause the backup quarterback has the gig, right? Like you don't, you'd have no pressure. You're getting paid good money. You sit there, you wear a ball cap. You make sure you stand behind the coach. So you get a lot of face time. And then eventually you get a job on ESPN. You could be like Orlovsky and just show up and be like, Hey, look at me. Like, look, look at Orlovsky's life. Like, and I'm not, Hey, I love, I love Dan. Like he's a, he's a nice guy. I remember meeting him when he was, uh, he was in orange County working out after his senior year at UConn and a uh, great guy, actually wonderful person. But like, he's had the, like, that's, that's a career I would love. Like you never got hit. You made one boneheaded move where you ran out of the end zone, which is like, Hey, kind of like your calling card. Kind of like when I predicted the 49ers to go three and 13 and they go to the Super Bowl. You got to have one of those moments that everybody can draw back and be like, Oh, I'm a clown. Like it's cool. Uh, and then you go out there and you have a TV career and that guy's going to work forever. So I think that, I don't know, like Tom Brady, probably first pick Dan Orlovsky might be the, my second pick. If I had to pick an NFL NFL quarterback career to emulate. Adam, you touched on the quarterbacks hitting fourth and fifth spots at that stage. They should be jumping off the train really, but, uh, yeah. Draft, draft week, loads of stories, loads of rumors as always. Potentially the Dolphins trade trading out. We've had the, the Panthers potentially trading out the Giants moving down. Which GM, and I know it's only a guess projection, but which GM of all the GMs you feel would be the one that would hit the panic button and potentially move up and give too much away? I really do believe it it could end up being the Broncos who need to make the the shortest leap. Because if they stay where they're at, it's they're in such a weird spot. What is it? Number eight or number nine? They're right behind the Panthers. I think. Oh no, yeah, it goes Lions. Nine, yeah, nine. Lions, nine. Yeah, Lions, Lions, uh, Panthers, Broncos. So I think that they have there's gonna be a lot of pressure. And if for whatever reason, let's say the 49ers do take Mac Jones and Justin Fields becomes available. Well, that pick at number four. The Falcons really need to start throwing out the rumor that they'll take Justin Fields if he's a, available. Like if I, I'm almost convinced that the Falcons really like Justin Fields because they haven't said anything about him. Like if you notice, like they've been very, like it, it's been very quiet 
about the Atlanta Falcons. And to me, they're the most interesting team because there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways that they can go. I know that everybody thinks that the draft starts at number three with the quarterback that the 49ers are going to pick, but I still, I believe it's the Falcons because number one, you've got a brand new head coach. You've got Arthur Smith. Now, Arthur, you got a decision to make. Do you want to ride with Matt Ryan for the next three years? Because you don't want to do it for one year and then have to get rid of them. And then you're rebuilt. You're drafting a rookie in year two. And now, you know, you're, you're starting to give away some years when you want to start developing some players. So do you want to go, do you want to go with Matt Ryan for three years? And I think I probably would like, I think that Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I think he's, I think he's part of the, he's part of the upper echelon. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a movie called Top Gun and it was about these fighter pilots. Don't, I don't know. Call him like, don't, I don't know. I don't want to assume. I, I, I watched, I saw the the YouTube and I saw all the comments made. No, I, and I thought when we have Ryan God, everyone at least on our show will know Top Gun. Okay. Are you upset that I'm repeating material, by the way? No, I feel no, like, listen, no, no I you, feel, hey, you're a stand-up. We, we had you I feel, it's, when it's, when it's top class, it's uh go for, go for it. I'm like Bill Burr. It's the same show, 7.30, 10.30. I'm sorry you're coming to both take, shows. Take my money. This is what I want to watch. This is, this is the, only, the only guy. There's a comedian named Brian Regan who was, when I worked at the Improv, he was the, the only guy who would bill that he would do two completely different shows. The, the 8 o'clock was different from the 10.30. And, every, and it was amazing because he's doing 45 to 50 minutes and he kills both shows. To the point where you're like, I now hate him. He's too funny. I don't like now I'm too angry at him for being too good at his profession. It's got to be like how quarterbacks feel about Tom Brady or something like that. But my point was uh, Tom, uh, Matt Ryan is in the top gun room, but he's the dude who doesn't have a speaking role. He's just there in the classroom. He's, he's one of the top gun candidates, but he's not ice man. He's not Maverick. And by the way, people keep forgetting that like Iceman wins top gun. Like he wins the contest. I don't know why they've sent, they send third place Maverick into the Indian ocean to go fight those MIGs, but apparently whatever, I don't know what happened. First of all, what happened to the guys who won top gun last year? Did they, are they gone already? Like, why do you have to turn to the guy who just won top gun? Like, don't you do Top Gun every, is it an annual thing? Is it every 10 years? Like, give me the backstory on this. Why are the guys who were just in the Academy for Top Gun sent out to the Indian Ocean to fight the Russians and their MiGs? That's their plane, MiGs. I know that. That's the weird, like, why do I know that word? Why do I know what a Russian plane is? But in any event, they're the ones who go out. But anyway, Matt Ryan is the guy who's, he's there. He's part of the, yeah, he's there. He's shaking hands. With, with Iceman after, you know, like, hey, you know, like, whatever. He's on the deck hugging, like, hey, we made it. He's the guy. He's the guy. They're, they're, they're in the jet where the elevator breaks, and they can't, quite, they can't quite launch yet. They need Maverick to engage. Don't you know that Maverick's having problems anyways? Couldn't last year's guy fly with Iceman? But in any event, that's Matt Ryan. It's a long way. That's, a, that's too much. This is why I booked the hour, by the way. This is why I don't, <laughs> this is why I would never sit here. This is why I never tell anybody like, uh, yeah, how much time do we got? I'm like, you're going to need at least an hour because you're going to ask two questions. I'm going to be on some rant about Top Gun at some point, or I'm going to be talking about Anna Kendrick and up in the air or something not on topic. So I apologize. 
but Matt Ryan is in the conversation as one of the best quarterbacks in the, and I'm so sorry, Michael. Uh, oh, one of the best. To, to Whatever. So listen. Uh, top Gun relates to Matt Ryan as well, though, because you get one Top Gun movie every 35 years, which is about the average performance <laughs> of Falcons in the Super Bowl. You know, once every so often. I, I do also apologize. My internet's been cutting out a bit. It's about as dodgy as Adam Gase in a press conference. Oh, his eyes. <laughs> the eyes going everywhere were very disconcerting, to say the least. Well, I um, like that you're using this opportunity to come in and just hit your jokes real quick before yeah. the internet cuts out. Let me get two quick ones in, but I, I will just to finish up. I did have a point on the Falcons though, is that they have a number of different things that they can do. They could either go and stick with Matt Ryan, which would probably be my recommendation draft Kyle Pitts. You got a great offense right there. They can draft Justin Fields for themselves or let everybody think that they're going to draft Justin Fields. And that way you get Denver to sell the farm, to move up and to draft them. So I think Denver is probably the team under the most pressure. It's certainly going to be a few of them. I, Adam, actually, I love you bringing up Adam Gase because one of my favorite Adam Gase jokes is always to say the only person that Peyton Manning has made more money for is Papa John's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned about Sam Darnold there. And to be honest, it's lovely to hear he's a nice guy as well. Like there's a little bit of us and i'm a pats fan i feel a bit sorry for sam donald he's 23 there first yeah. round pick and he's already been shipped off so i mean I, yeah. you know, I hope he he comes again especially now he's no longer the quarterback for the jets that would be a great uh success perfect story. he's in carolina he doesn't matter to you anymore it's off yeah, it's awesome. exactly it's even the nfc it's fine so however like with all of your player interactions like you've got you've obviously had some great stories over the years um We've had Rich Eisen talking about going for dinner with Michael Irvin in London, and we were just amazed he survived it. But what yeah. was your greatest player interaction today? Well, I, you know what? If I can tell you a Michael Irvin story, because um, I think my Sam, I, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you about my interaction with Aaron Rodgers in a second. But Michael Irvin is so animated. I love him so much. And I know, I know like a hot, like a, it's kind of a hot button issue for him. Like, let not a hot button, but you're sitting there, you're talking to him. I know how he feels about this person. And so, um, so one time we were out, it was uh, Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl week. Yeah. And I was like, you know, just happened to be in his company. I usually try not like, I like, I have no reason to be hanging out with Michael Irvin. Like, you know, he's a nice person. There was a time one time uh, in, the, in the parking lot at the NFL network, he honked his, his horn at me. And I thought like I was getting in his way and he just wanted to wave hello. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin just honked his horn at me to say hello. Like, what is happening? What is happening with my life? This is amazing. And so, um, but anyways, we're out. We're, you know, we're having, a, we're, you know, we're having a good time. And I go, Michael, I go, let me ask you a question. I go, how important was Jay Novacek to your offense? And he grabs my arm. He's like, Adam. I got to tell you, there was Troy, there was Emmett, there was me. But when we needed that play, Jay Novacek, and he's just, I, I think I, I was afraid he's going to break my arm. He's like, Jay Novacek was the guy who kept us moving those chains. After me, of course, but Jay Novacek, every time, third and eight, he'd get you nine. And it was like, it was just a great story. Like he, the affection that he had for Jay Novacek was, uh, was awesome. And just having that, cause I was like, Hey, like, should he be in the hall of fame? He's like, Adam, 
let me tell you, he didn't have the, you know, he's like, we gave up. Like we, when we got near the goal line, we gave the ball to Emmett and we won. And I have three rings that way, you know, and like that kind of stuff. So he's amazing. Now we're changing buildings at the, uh, we're moving to a new studio, which will be right outside of SoFi stadium in our current facility. My locker is right next to Ladanian Tomlinson. And it's so cool because like Ladanian's just like my coworker now, like I just say, hey, what's up? You know, I'm changing next to him or whatever. Like it's an NFL locker room. I mean, it kind of literally is. And just one time I walked in and he's changing or we're just hanging out and I go, Hey, I go, I don't know who needs to know this, but I am the best parallel Parker probably in the world. I go three point turn. It's a two point turn for me. And he goes, he goes, Adam, he goes, let me ask you a question. He's like, do you drive an automatic? And he's like looking at me and he's like perched. And I'm like, of course. And he takes off running, laughing his head off. Like, Oh my God. He's like, I'm going to take you down to Texas. I'm going to, I'm going to put you in my column, like my column shifter or whatever. I'm like, bro, I worked valet. I know what I'm doing. Like column shifter. I'll, I'll work that. And I was having an argument with Ladanian Tomlinson about parallel parking. Like one of the most inane conversations you could ever have with one of your coworkers. He just happens to be one of the best running backs of all time. And we're talking about parallel parking pickup trucks with column shifters and stuff like that. So it, it's weird things like that. There was another time too, um, Kyle Long, when he came in, he was in the building. Now we follow each other on Twitter and stuff like that. We've been friendly and whatever. So one time he DMs me and he goes, Hey, I got a question for you. And I had never met him in person. And I said, okay, yeah, what do you got? He goes, well, my girlfriend has never seen any of the star Wars movies. Which one do I start with? And I'm like, oh, you got to start with New Hope, obviously. New Hope, five. And then a lot of people will jump to one, two, and three, and then watch six, and then do seven, eight, nine. And of course, you've got Rogue One. You know, we had a pleasant conversation. Stuff like that happens sometimes. And then, you know, you never know. Like, this person doesn't know me. But Kyle Long was doing some work for us there in the NFL Network one time. And uh, he walked into the locker room. And he's tall, like Jesus, he is tall. And I'm like, oh, and like you kind of like, oh, like, oh my God. Like I'm still used to seeing LaDainian Tomlinson and Irvin and Michael or uh, Kurt Warner and all those guys. But you're like, oh, Kyle Long. And then he goes, he's like, hey, what's up, Adam? I'm like, like me? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, and he was talking to somebody. He's like, I know who you are. I, I'll get to you in a second. And then it like, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm waiting to talk to Kyle Long. And he comes up and he goes, hey man. He's like, you know what? Like, He's like, you're really positive on Twitter. And he's like, I want you to know, like a lot of the bears noticed like how positive you are. So it's appreciated. And uh, we just want to, I just want to let you know, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. And so uh, now we're, we're best friends. We're not best friends, but now it's like, I'm kind of friends with Kyle Long. Like, this is kind of cool. You know who I'm not friends with? Aaron Rodgers. Although I will say this. So Aaron Rodgers, I think this I don't, if this wasn't the same event that I was with Sam Darn, no, no. Cause I met, no, this was one I did with Christian McCaffrey. No, cause Christian McCaffrey was the first guy that I interviewed. By the way, Christian McCaffrey talking about nice guys, the, my phone, my screensaver on my phone. Wait, hold on, hold on. Come on, everybody. I'm sorry. This is not going to be worth it. This is my screensaver on my phone. It's my daughter. 
cute little photo from when she was like two years old. So Christian McCaffrey sees it and he goes, Oh, is that your daughter? And I said, yeah. And he goes, Oh, that's a cute kid. And I said, thank you. You're my favorite player of all time now. So that's it. You won Christian McCaffrey. We're going to be friends forever. Just because you said that. That's a nice little thing. Like you didn't have to acknowledge it. He didn't have to say that he saw it, but no, he did. He took the time. So I will always defend Christian McCaffrey. And if you ever see me doing it, well, obviously he's a good player, but that's part of the reason why, but same event, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he sits down and he's, he's, he's sitting there and I, and I, I just go to him and I, we start recording and I go, Hey, um, I go, I, don't, I, I go, I, I don't care for you. I I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't really like you. And I go, and it's, and this is my thing. And he's looking at me. He doesn't quite know what to think at this point, but I kind of, I kind of give him a clue. Cause I'm like, listen, I go, listen, I'm a huge fan of Nick Swartzen. He's a colleague of mine. And I know that him as an ardent Vikings fan is now friends with you and likes you. And I, I, I don't want that to happen. I need, I need to not like you. And at that point, Aaron actually realized what was going on and was super cool, played along with the whole thing. It was just, this was before we drafted Trubisky. And yeah, because I think, yeah, we, he was like, who's your guys' quarterback again? And I'm like, well, it's Mike Glennon. Like, he's good. And he just looks at me, he's like, sure. I'm like, no, like Mike Glennon could be good. Like, it was, it was just a fun little thing. Like, and it could have gone like, I, I, I did not let him know what we were going to be doing, but he played along perfectly. So I will tell you guys, but I won't tell anybody else. But um, I kind of like Aaron Rodgers, but don't tell anybody. I don't, I'm kidding. But he was very cool to me. He played along. That's, that's all I got to say. He played along. He didn't have to. And I'm uh, always going to appreciate it. What happened to O'Leary, by the way? Did he? O'Leary is, uh, we, we said it's an Ireland. For fireball shots, I think. Did he go? He's already, <laughs> he's already thrown him back. Adam, but that, that, that's a different conversation. Uh, look, here, here. Let's, let, we have a couple more questions. Let, uh, let, let's jump on this, but I can't. That's about, an hour, so that's about an hour. No, I'm kidding. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> have uh, I answered any of your questions? I'm so sorry. Yes, I feel like I've been sure. telling dumb stories the whole time. I haven't gotten into anything important. You have, and you've, you've, okay. you've covered a lot of the drafts and, and mine is in relation to the draft. Do you really think a lot of these opt-outs last year make any difference to the draft at all, especially in the top 10 or top 15? Because whenever, like this is probably the first year, Adam, I'm going to be honest, that I've sat down and looked at every guy in maybe the top 50 in detail because I don't have time to watch college football on Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, like my, my wife would kill me. It's like, hold on, you're watching Red Zone tomorrow for 10 hours now. But, like, no, yeah, so I'm not watching it, but... Man, the amount of opt-outs in the top 20 is considerable. Do you think that's, do you think that's going to make any difference? I mean, if, if we look at Zach Wilson, a guy that, as far as I'm concerned, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't opt out last year, really increases his, his portfolio. But then mm -hmm. you got other guys, especially, especially defensive players that have opted out. Do you think it makes much of a difference going forward? Or? Yeah, it, it's really interesting because, like you, I, I haven't watched – this is probably the first season where I don't – I didn't watch a lot of college football. I can usually go through when I'm doing my, my own prep for the draft. And I will have a basic understanding of most of the guys. I will have seen them play. I will have watched some of their games. Excuse me. Um, 
So I usually have a basic convert, uh, understanding, but the college football season this year was so weird. I don't like, you didn't know what time games were on. You're like, is there a game today? Like it was the pandemic. So you didn't know if like, is today Saturday? Like what is the day? So it was really tough. And I've been going through and trying to, to do catch up. And I think that this is one of the things that scares me about trading up for quarterbacks or anything like that is that we didn't really get a, a great gauge of what they were able to do. Now, Zach Wilson was able to take advantage of it, and he was one of the few. But I think, again, like there's a lot of guys. And I was trying to think of the um, – a perfect example was the Ohio State cornerback. Oh, my gosh, what's his name? But he was, he was going into last year, was like considered the top guy, and Ohio State struggled. And so you wonder about these players, and I'll think of it an hour from now. But you'll once once people are listening to this, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, he's talking about dub dub in the name there." But um, but I, I think about players like that who were going into last year were considered one of the top picks in the draft. He was the top cornerback on the board. Do teams now look at that and say, "Hey, you know, he's obviously going to fall out of the first round." Do we go back and perhaps in the second, third, maybe fourth round, go and take a player like that and say, let's go back to our scouting from 2019. I'm curious to see which teams are using that approach because honestly, I don't have a good handle on the teams that are doing that. Cause I do know this, cause it's, this goes back to, to NFL free agency too. And this goes back to Sam Darnold being available. When a player like Sam Darnold switches teams, a lot of these organizations go back and they look at their original college scouting. And I know that the organization has changed for Carolina, but there's got to be people in the building who still have the original scouting on Sam Darnold coming out of USC. And they might not necessarily pay attention to what happened with the jets, obviously because of Adam Gase, but because like, what did we have originally? And they will go in and they will look at that. I think that we will see a lot of great values I think this will be end up when we look back on it, we'll see these guys drafted in the second, third, and fourth round who weren't necessarily huge in 2020, but were big in 2019 who found themselves again. And I, I think it speaks to the guys who opted out too. I don't think that opt-outs are really going to matter. Like didn't like one of the Bosa brothers opted out. I don't know. I, it's probably, you're probably better off if these guys opt out. Like you might as well, you don't want to be Bryce Love who, you know, James Coe and I were talking about this about, yeah, you went back for your senior season and it actually hurt your career. So I think there's going to be an opportunity for some of these guys who are opt-outs or who just didn't play well in 2020 to go and prove themselves as uh, later round picks. Adam, you say that you go off on random stories, but that's what we love in Ireland. Like that's what you do in the pub is you tell yeah. the stories. And then as you drink more harp, the stories get more ridiculous. And you end up <laughs> saying, hey, do you remember when Nicolas Cage was in Top Gun? And people are like, Nicolas Cage? Yeah, he was. He was the guy. Oh, my gosh. But, well, that's um, you're not old enough to remember. We used to go to pubs and not have phones that you can look it up because that, yes, that's the, I am that's the, ruined it. Phones ruined a lot of a lot of great tall tales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I used to just, I mean, I would go and make stuff up all the time. No, uh, but I would love to say, I would love to do stuff like that. Like that is, that used to be one of my hobbies. I mean, and actually I remember this one time, like there was a time I got into an argument with this guy about a, a major league baseball player who was a first baseman and a lefty. I'm like, he played a couple games at third base and the guy's like, no, he didn't. We argued. And then I'm like, give me your email. 
and I'm going to send you, I'm going to find a website and whatever. And it's crazy. But now phones are like, no, he did like somebody just ruined it. Like, nope. Like Nick Cage, bro. Like he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know it did. It did. It did. I, I, Nicholas Cage should have been in Top Gun, but that we could, that's would have been amazing. It would have, that would have been amazing. Would have been. I wanted um, something that you've written about uh, some of the rivalries that you're looking forward to next year. And Bill Belichick, Tom Brady sit atop uh, that piece yeah. that you wrote. So we all, you know, they, they, the divorce happens, right? Um, yeah. Tom goes off a bit like, say, you like you told, Katie, you know, your wife, Katy Perry's moving in. And then, yeah. you know, she moved out. She hooked up with somebody re really hot. Well, Tom went and got himself another ring. Tom, yeah. Tom now is coming back with that shiny new ring to the, in, into the building with Gronk. Do you think that Bill really wants to be sitting around in a vest and underpants and beer cans um, around him um, by just, he went and got lots of weapons, but like, really, does he really want Cam to be his guy when Tom is coming back into the building this year? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I maybe, but I, I, yeah, there is something about Bill Belichick that now he has to get a gym membership. He's got to eat uh, the keto diet. He's doing every, he's doing every fad. He's doing a juice cleanse. He's getting hair plugs. He's dying his hair, like everything like, Oh, like how much weight did you lose? Got a brand new wardrobe. Like that's got to hurt. Like it was cool. Like you split up and you amlic, amlic, amicably split. I don't know. Amicably. That's weird. I'm not going to try to say that again, but you're fine. Like, it's kind of like if, uh, you know, at first, you know, if the wife sees me and Katy Perry out and we're at a local place, and you're like, oh, it's nice. But then when she hears that, you know, we're getting married or maybe she's pregnant, like then, then things change. Then, then it becomes serious. Like if you were just dating, like, I oh, he's just dating Katy Perry. I don't care. But now when it's like, there's a ring on a finger, there's a, there's a bun in the oven or something like that. That's when it now becomes serious. And so, yeah. Bill Belichick's got to get into that. And he went out and he, he went on a spending spree and he bought a lot of things and like, not even, he was just throwing his money around. Like you didn't need to spend all that money on Nelson Aguilar, but like, okay, go with it. It's uh like, I don't know if you, like when you get gift cards, like there's things that you would buy with a gift card that you would normally not use your real money on, but it's like monopoly money at this point, like, ah, whatever, like might as well spend it. And I hope it works out. It's better for the NFL. If, the Patriots become really good and they're sort of rivals. Cause I know they, they do play this year, but that competitiveness, and it's funny, the people who think that that doesn't happen, like, Oh, they don't care. I'm like, you don't think that they care. You don't think that Tom Brady was not thinking of Bill Belichick and forget you. I showed you like there was a race for both of those guys to prove I could do it without you. And I know that Tom Brady brought in a bunch of people and he brought in a lot of his friends and he went to a team that was competitive, but at the same time, he still did it. He went to Lambeau, won an NFC championship game. That was, that was my favorite thing. First of all, the Packers losing in the NFC championship game was my favorite thing. And then everybody acting like this, like I love Packer fans so much because they're sitting there like, Oh, Tom Brady coming up to the cold in Lambeau. And you're like, Hey, Hey, uh, he played in new England. For 20 years. I don't think he cares. You remember how cold it was in Kansas city when he went and won the AFC championship game against Patrick Mahomes. Like you guys were lucky to beat the Rams. You're going to get hammered in this game. They didn't want to believe me, 
but then it happened. So I I'm looking forward to it. That's my favorite thing. I know that everybody, every time I write that piece, cause it's like an annual thing. They always were like, Oh, the best rivalries Steelers. I'm like, okay, I'm not talking about historical rivalries. Yes. Packers bears. Like that's a great route, but like we're talking about this year, Packers Rams, that's going to be a real rivalry because this is the thing. I always wonder this too, is the Packers are fascinating to me that, and everybody, everybody loved the Packers beat the bears every year and you're better than us. And you go to the championship game and everything was like, you really haven't accomplished all that much. I know there's a meme that's floating around and it's one of my favorite memes. And it's a photo of Rogers and Rex Grossman. And it says, Hey, just a couple of quarterbacks who've won one NFC championship. It's my favorite thing. It's so great. And it's like, how are you not more upset about this Packer fan? Like, yeah, okay. You beat us. We suck. I got it. Look who our quarterbacks are. You've had a hall of fame quarterback for 30 years. And yet you have as many Super Bowl rings as Eli Manning, the guy who beat Tom Brady twice. That should be embarrassing to you. And compare that to what the Rams are doing. The Rams will do whatever it takes to win. They haven't had a first round pick since 2016. They could have easily just sat back and been like, well, Jared Goff got us to a Super Bowl before. Let's try it again. Nope. They got rid of them. They bring in Matthew Stafford. They, the previous year, they gave up 35 picks for Jalen Ramsey, got Aaron Donald. They just keep going for it. And you have to wonder, like, if I'm a Packers fan, and thankfully I'm not, I would be livid that you're just kind of like, all right, let's see what he could do. Like, all the good teams, they go out and they try to surround their superstar with as much talent as possible. We saw it when Gretzky was playing hockey. They did that. When Kobe, like, it, it wasn't like, I mean, the Lakers – would go out and surround Kobe with whoever they, they brought in Shaq. They brought in Pau Gasol. Like they did everything that they could to surround their players with these great guys. And so the Packers never do that. I know that wasn't the question. I, I, by the way, Colin, I think my ability to spin any question into an opportunity to drag the Packers. I think that's one of my most underrated skills. Absolutely. Oh. That, that has to go on your resume. Adam. <laughs> well, I mean, Adam, there's another one that you can use more these days as well, of course, which is put the picture up of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Nick Foles, who all have <laughs> one NFC title championship wins. Yes, that's a great one. That's another Still good relevant. one. Still and, by, and if I can point this out too, and I know that Tom Brady was in Tampa, which Florida is a little bit more desirable, but do you ever notice... Like guys do whatever it takes to go play with Tom Brady. Like I'll take less money. I'll do this, whatever. I'll take less, whatever it takes. I want to be on the field with Tom Brady. I don't care that you have four guys who play my position. I just want to go play with Tom Brady. Outside of Aaron Jones, who was a re-signing, who is the big name free agent offensively? Who's like, I got to go play with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go do that. Allen Robinson, because like people are like, Hey, Allen Robinson could have chosen to play in Green Bay, but he chose Chicago. I'm like, what does that say about Aaron Rodgers? Why aren't, why aren't people trying to sign up to play with him? Well, I would like to know. Well, Adam, I, I'd do anything for Tom Brady as well, a bit like you with Katy Perry. I'm a little bit concerned, Adam, if anyone listens to this interview that is either A, your wife, or B, Orlando Bloom, there could be consequences <laughs> coming to bear. But look, you've, you've set out your, your future history with Katy Perry. 
You've been amazing today to join us, Adam. Thank you so much. We could actually keep going probably for hours on end, just listening to your stories and kind of, as you say, subverting every question the way you want it. <laughs> really appreciate your time. And, you know, it's great for all the fans over here in Ireland and Europe as well to hear your insights and just the stories of your experiences in the NFL so far. Thank you ever so much, man. It's been a pleasure. No, I thank you so much. Jump in, Adam. Adam, can Please. I, can I, can I just publicly jump in? I just going on top of what Mark said. LA, Super Bowl, Harp, Guinness, Sofa, Adam Rank, Katy Perry, the Irish NFL show. I mean, it could, it could happen. No, I'm it kidding. could happen. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, we're going to have a lot of cool events coming to SoFi Stadium. Uh, we'll have WrestleMania at some point, although I'm more of an AEW guy, but whatever. Uh, yeah, let's make it happen. And Katie, and by the way, it's funny, Orlando Bloom is the only one that I'm really worried about. My wife already knows. Like, I've already I've already set the thing. Like, hey, by the, I'm like, just so you know. And similarly, she's a huge Randy Orton fan. And she's like, you know, that if something happens, you know, I go, listen, I'm not going to take the RKO. I'll just walk out. I'll just leave. It's fine. No questions asked. He is, he oh. is the legend killer, but Orlando Bloom is always good with a bow and arrow and the sword. So that's all I'm just saying. That's, 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 that's a tough one. Yeah. I'll be very careful. Adam, thanks a million, man, for your time. We, we, we massively appreciate it. Thank you, man.